back with Million Dollar Agent. What a brainchild John McGraw was when about a year and a half ago, he rang up, he came up with this idea. Six in the morning. I knew you'd be up, I knew you'd be yes. in the gym and I rang you. Yes, I was. I think I, sometimes you'd call me John. I'm huffing and puffing like this. There's, there's a few calls. I know that if I know that if it's the CEO at News Corp, I know if there's a McGrath phone call, we got it. And I'm huffing and puffing. And John said, "Listen, there's these things going out there called podcasts. We should be doing them." And here we are. We've got um, our great sponsor, RealEstate.com, that's officially going to be on board as of July one. RealEstate.com.au. Yeah, that's good. That's exciting. That's yeah, pump. I mean, it's good for uh, big suppliers to give back to the industry. 100%. I know REA's been a great supplier, and it's a bit like the banks. People often bash big companies, you know, because they sort of see them as corporate and faceless. But, I mean, it's great that REA is giving back. You know, they're sponsoring things like ARIC and, and a lot of a lot of the big franchise groups, REA sponsors and helps them out. So it's good. So they're, they're July, are they? Yeah, July July 1, and they're with us for the next three years. And Have you met a, Tracy Fellows? What a good person yeah, she's she Yeah, she's a good person. Like, Tracy Fellows has got the ability... To um, you can finish a conversation with her, and you wouldn't think that Tracy Fellows is the CEO of a, such a large organisation. She's very personable. <laughs> she cares about the client. Now I know that over the years, realestate.com.au had created a perception that it wasn't you know, agent friendly. But I'm thinking that we're seeing that change. There's no. I mean, as you know, Tom, I've been involved on the board of REA for 15 years. There is no doubt there was a period of arrogance there, and the yeah. board knows it, and the board hates it. Um, and but you know sometimes there is a dark side to success as an agent. Yeah, there are many agents that get a little bit carried away with themselves and become a bit complacent and arrogant. And there are companies. And I think there was a time when REA became that, and and bringing Tracy in as the new CEO. If you're a big customer listening to this, yeah. if you're a head of LJ Hooker or, or head of a you know Langan Simmons or someone like Leanne, and you haven't met Tracy Fellows yet, email her. Tell her the next time she's in Sydney or Brisbane or Melbourne or whatever, or she's in Melbourne. But she is just a great person. Yeah. I, I'm just so excited having her as our CEO. So Quality. So that's good. Looking forward to that. That's next year. Now, this is number 68. That's good. We've done 68 podcasts. Troy, well done. Yeah. Thank you. Very and, good. And we must say that, Troy, you've been, apart from, uh, you, uh, you're, you're like those uh, sports players that go through without an injury throughout the, um, the year. I mean, no, I remember Showeb. He, he did. He, he had a week off. That's and right. And Showeb came in. Well, not only did he, he was come actually in, very good show, I've got to say. Yeah. John, I reckon, I reckon he put on a man of the match performance. I mean, <laughs> it's just that John and I, we're, we're the loyal types. We, we actually look at, we, That's we, right. know, we know that uh, class is permanent, form is temporary, and we've stuck with Troy Malcolm. <laughs> Thank God we're playing in the big bucks, so he, don't, he won't go elsewhere. <laughs> Absolutely. The now, big bucks, he gets a cup of tea every podcast. That's <laughs> he does. That's the salary we, we all get here. We all do. We all get. That's good. Okay. Well done, Jacqueline, if you're listening. Thanks for the cups of tea. Thank you. And Judith. And Judith. Thank you. Thank you. So, uh, gang, we're going to do a, a Q&A. We've got four great questions. We've got one that's going to suit a, a principal and a couple that are going to be suiting sales agents. So I want to start off with um, the first one, and that is we got a lot of young listeners, and this came from Stephen Murris. Best dialogue for young agents up against more experience and older agents at listing presentations. This happens every day in real estate. We have you know new people joining the industry all the time. They go to a listing presentation and they're up against a dominant agent, been there ten years. Let's what do you, talk what about do you reckon, Tom? Well, I, mean, so, you, I know you you coach a lot around this subject. I'm 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 big on scripts and dialogues. 
because I think you should never use a thousand words when 50 will do. Yeah. And I think that if you know the words inside out and you internalize them and you believe in them, you're actually just having a conversation with a friend at a cafe, but you're doing it in a nice, clear, concise way. Because I think sometimes, John, people can actually know what to say, but they take seven minutes to say it. So keep it simple. Keep it simple. But I think the real key to scripts and dialogues is not necessarily the words. It's actually the energy and the belief that goes with the words because people forget what you say but they never forget the feeling that you left them with so I think what's critical when a young person talks about um, what is a script and dialogue they're actually talking about what is the total total package that you bring to the table what are you bringing to the table versus the experienced person because there's a transactions going to take place that transaction is a vendor is going to give you money so what we're talking about here, Tom, is probably... Let's, so, so everyone, we're all on the same page. I think what we're talking about is someone here that's probably in their 20s, yep. in their first 12 months of real estate, yep. uh, up against seasoned principals and agents competing against them that could be in their 30s and 40s with 10 or 20 years of track record, right? Lots of signboards, lots of ads. So you're going in there, a new kid on the block, yeah. and you know that someone else, Troy Malcolm's just walked in, and Troy's the gun in the area, and he's been doing this for 10 years, and... He's got six pages in the Wentworth Courier. So how do you deal with that? I, I think you're right. First thing, you've actually got to sell yourself on yourself. Yeah. Uh, when I started, because I was 20 when I started, and I was up against people like Di Jones, who is a, she's now retired, but she's a great agent, was a great agent. Um, she was She'd been in real estate how much longer? Uh, oh, she was probably, when I started, I'd say in her early 40s, I think. Yeah. And uh, very accomplished. Um, very, if I can say the word in a positive sense, very aggressive, chased business as hard as anyone I've ever met in my life, uh, and had the track record, and had you know six or eight pages and went with career every week under her own name. So <clears throat> I was in this, so a couple of things I did. Firstly is I actually built up my own game very, very quickly, so I actually knew I was a really good option. It was hard for me to say, you know, from day one or day 30 or day 60, I'm better than Di Jones to myself. And I'd never say it to anyone else, yeah. but you've got to say it to yourself first. That's the most important conversation you're going to have. Well, that's goal. First, pick you before they pick you. Per exactly. Perfect. So the first thing is I had to know that I had a really great bunch of buyers. I had a really strong marketing strategy. I had a really good negotiation technique. Uh, I was really good at auctioning. All those sort of things that I thought were important. So I put, I put in place things so I knew that I was a really good option for people to take. Um, so that, that was number one. Uh, number two is I realized that whilst experience is interesting and track record is, has value, energy, enthusiasm, and follow through are probably more important to most people. Not everyone. Some people will pick the track record person almost no matter what. Yeah. But I operate on the 80 to 90% theory. I'm looking for the 80 to 90% just because someone will pick it. Someone will always pick the 1% agent. Yeah. Someone will always pick the agent that's been in the game 20 years. Yeah. A lot of people say, you know, how did that agent make me feel? When I was with them, were they organised? Did they know their stuff? And, and I would, certainly in the early stages, Tom, I was very upfront with people. I'd say, Tom, look, you may or may not know, but because there wasn't Google in those days, this yeah. was pre-internet. You know, you may or may not know, but I have actually haven't been in the industry that long. I'm fairly new to the industry, and I think that's advantageous to you as a seller. Um, firstly is I'm not running a business. I'm not a principal. So yeah. all I have to do is focus on my clients and delivering them great results and great service. That's all I do all day, every day. I have no distractions of running a business. Secondly, whilst I can't give you a, 
you know, a resume of, of 20 years of selling, what I can talk you through is the number of buyers I'm working with, is the follow-up that you'll receive from me, is the customer experience, and I've only sold six properties, but feel free to call any of these six people. They'd all be delighted to give me a reference. So I'm coming in from a fresh angle, yeah. honest. Yeah. I'm not trying to cover it up and people say, oh, you know, you've been in the game. Oh, yeah, fair while. I'm just, I was being really open and transparent. And people liked that. So yeah. that allowed me, you know, Di Jones had eight pages, say, and I had a quarter of a page. And then all of a sudden I had half a page and a page. And that allows you to just one by one, you, know, you build 50% market share one conversation at a time. It's not a letterbox drop that does it. It's not a banner marketing campaign that does it. It's one phone call at a time, one meeting at a time, one listing at a time, one open for inspection at a time. That's how you can build 40, 50% market share. Yeah. So if you do that, um, you'll start getting traction. And you're not going to win every listing. You don't yeah. have to. But you might win two out of 10, three out of 10. And you list them and you give them incredible service. And then all of a sudden, those three people go into the field and they're talking about you yeah. like raving fans. Yeah. <clears throat> so I think, you know, and you used it before, you and I were just having a quick pre-chat to the podcast. We we're talking about energy, right? Yeah. I talk about new business energy. The reason a lot of new businesses get lots of listings is not because they're fee discounting, which is the excuse the incumbents will all give. Yeah. It's because they're turning up an hour earlier to work. They're starting to ring people an hour earlier. They're probably ringing an hour later. They're chasing harder. They're going to listings at 9 o'clock and they're coming back at 11 or 12 with their submissions rather than 24 hours later. Yeah. So this is what I call new business energy. So as an agent, new business energy is a great thing. You know, Get there earlier. I, I was in the office every day at 7 a.m. I was working there every night till 7 p.m. I was ringing like a demon. I was like a you know, telemarketer on the phone, on the phone, chasing up everyone. I brought urgency. Now, of course, if, if you've got 10 or 12 auctions running, yeah. You, you don't have that time to do that. Yeah. So you actually do have a decided advantage when you're not a principal. You're not an agent that's got a dozen pieces of business on the way. You're yeah. a new agent. So first shift is in your head. Yeah. Next one is developing a high quality game. Yeah. Um, next one is being honest and transparent, yeah. but recognizing what are the advantages and letting people know about that. So I don't have 10 years in the game, but here's what I do have to offer. Yeah. And then just getting one, two, three, four clients. That's gold, John. <coughs> and for someone that um, myself that does not work as a real estate agent, so I work in an environment where there's other people that are listing and selling their houses regularly, and I get a good helicopter view of the way that they think. I can tell you in the last seven days, two people. One, an executive at News Corp, and two, someone at my daughter's uh, school, have listed properties with people <coughs> that are considered new kids on the block. Right. I asked both these people, why did you do that? One of them said to me, the person that we were going to go to, they run a business, they've got all these rentals that they've got to look after, we just thought that maybe they'd have too much on their plate. Yep. That was one of them. The second one said the new person came along and I got the impression that this person would not go to sleep till he sold our house. Yes. And I think you've summed <coughs> it up really well, and that is don't make one event look like it's all events. Yeah. And that is that sometimes there is going to be a person that will go with the experienced agent. There's going to be someone out there that will say, I'm going with Ben Collier, because Ben Collier was sitting outside an open 25 years ago. Was he doing it 25 years, John? 20 years. 20 years. 20, yeah, 20, years. 20, years, yeah. 20 years, right? I'm going to go with Ben Collier because he's been there, yeah. full stop. 
but um, there is a certain amount of people that might go in with a younger agent. Well, it's, it's funny you say that, Tom, because I'm in the middle of, in fact, going today to look at a property, almost exactly the same scenario. Th- this particular person uh, is very close to the industry, extremely successful and experienced, and <clears throat> he rang me up and he said, John, I've got a funny problem. He said, I'm considering three agents. They all work for you, which is a good problem for me to have, you know. And he, but he just said, you know, I like your firm. I like the way you approach things. I think these three people, for different reasons, are all great choices. And he said, I'd like your help in trying to assess who'd be the best person. The one that it looks like he may well go with is the least experienced. And he said to me, I think he's hungrier. I think this listing will mean more to him than the others. Now, the other two are two of the best agents in Australia. And the the new, new kid on the block will be one of the best agents in Australia. But he said, I think this might mean more to him than the other two, and I yeah. think he's hungrier, and he'll work harder. Yeah. Now, this is this is a perception of someone that's very close to the industry, and is extremely successful. And that was his commentary. So, there's no doubt that if you're going in there with a little bit of uncertainty, you're actually doing yourself no favors at all. You should be going in there confident, saying, "I'm the best choice. I'm hungrier than anyone. This listing can change my career. I'll treat this client like royalty. I have no distractions." Beautiful goal. <laughs> John, there was a question that came in from Dale Bradford. It's nice and short and sharp. I actually know the answer to it, but maybe our uh, listeners don't. Did JM go to uni and did it help? So, um, well, I can tell you, uh, John never got the option to actually go to uni because... I used to go and play basketball there after hours at uni. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Because I used to practice and our gym at school used to close at six o'clock. So some buddies and I used to go and play basketball over at Uni of New South. Is that the same? What's different? Uh, John, I think for the purposes of this question, (laughs) I think he's not really interested in what you were doing in sports practice and where you were doing it. So I thought about the class. No, look, thank you, Dar, for the question. I, uh, I didn't go as well at school as I should have and therefore I didn't get the university. But I see it as an advantage and I'm always... Tom, carefully how I say this, because I don't want to have any disrespect, because I have none, towards universities, colleges, further education, because I think that's all great. The more you learn, the better. But I think the fact that I didn't go to university, I had to learn through myself and my own means stuff that I thought. So I did go to TAFE at night, three nights, as, as most people in our industry did back in those days. So what I did was I just started reading up magazines, articles, listening to cassettes in those days. You know, I've still got, there's an Og Mandino cassette I saw on the weekend at my place. Um, old cassette, you know, the problem is I haven't got a cassette recorder anymore, so I can't <laughs> play the damn thing. But I, I sort of, you know, what, what people sort of called, you know, just sort of, you know, the university of life, I guess. And that was great for me because it made me learn from the absolute best um, it made me resourceful in the way, because it was much harder to get resource material then, harder to find it. And, and that was really helpful. So look, I if you've got a university degree, fantastic, no problem. If you haven't, you're not at a disadvantage. Uh, in fact, one of the funny things, I, again, I'm not being disrespectful, when a lot of our guys want to put their initials, you know, BSc or something, I, I, I suggest they don't. Because yeah. I think what you've got to do is, they're picking you not because of your university degree or anything yeah. else. They're picking you because how are you in the meeting? Yeah. And a lot of people say, oh, I want to put JP and BSC and all these sort of things. And, and I just say, keep it simple. You know, you're Tom Panos. You're well, a great guy. You well, turned up on time. You're organized. You're a great thinker. You give me great advice. As opposed to, you know, you kind of have some initials after your name. Well, let's summarize. 
I, John, I did go to uni and I did a master's. I don't put it on my business card. And the date hit home is when I pulled up to Melbourne to speak at a conference. You were leaving. You were in a black big limo. I was pulling up in a yellow cab and I said, where did it go wrong, Tom? So let's move on to the next question. Best advice to principals on how to get the most out of agents. This has come in from Simone Ryan. So, John, yeah, what's the, what's the number one tip you'd give to a principal? How do they get the best version of people to show up to work? I just want to change the question a bit because I think unintentionally, it sounds a bit like you know agents are, are the means to me making a budget. First thing I'd say is, well, the way I look at it, Matt LaHood says this beautifully. He says, number one is to, to our agents, you don't work for me, I work for you. So you're there to support the agent become magnificent. Secondly is, how can I make you more successful? Sorry, how can I help you become more successful, not make? Um, so I think what Simone's probably saying is, how can I help my team become more successful? Um, we've talked about coaching uh, on, our, on our recent podcast. So you know, listen to that. Coaching is critical. Secondly is just create an environment of success. So a lot of principals say things to me like, you know, I've got four really good people. I've got three not so good, but they're commission only and, and you know, they're not costing me anything. Mm. Well, firstly, whether someone's commission only or not, they deserve to be successful. So I'd, mm. I'd try and get those people up you know, to a success factor. I wouldn't just accept the fact that they're let's say mediocre or, or, or suboptimal. <coughs> um, second thing is you want a culture of high performance. Yeah. You want people to walk in and know that all those around them are doing great work on a daily basis. So I, I think you've got to really create an environment which is the people, which is the stuff, which is the marketing um, of, of great success. Every, yeah. Everything is important. So I think you know that would be the thing. Just just shift it to how can I make you more successful? Embark on a coaching routine, um, some regular training, good quality sales meetings. Um, but the thing on the coaching, and we didn't get to it, I don't think, last week, Tom. But it's really what's the why? Mm. Why are they doing it? Because everyone gets out of bed at some point in their life and absolutely excited about being successful. At some point, most people lose sight of that. They lose confidence. They lose belief in themselves and they settle for mediocrity. Yeah. So what you've got to do is get those people confident again that there is a reason to get out of bed and do great work, and they can do it. So yeah. that, you know, you've got to, as a principal, you've got to be a full-time coach, 24-7. Absolutely, John. And I think when the, when the want is there, the what and how show up. Yeah. So, um, and I've got a, I, I shared it at Mastery about a year ago. I walked into an office, and the principal said to me, Tom, those guys down the back, don't worry, don't spend too much time with them, they're dead wood. And I just looked at him and I said, were you dead when we hired them or did you kill them? You know? and, I, and we both looked at each other because it's actually a logical question. I mean, at what point did you recruit badly or did you actually make them bad? And I think good people care about the people and they think that they've got potential. They, they, yes. A good principal thinks that this person can be a lot better than this person is at the moment. Yeah, yeah, no, that's good. It's good coaching. So look, hopefully that works for all principals out there because I know we've got a lot of principals that do listen. Beautiful. John. <coughs> we've got time for one more? One more. When your employer is a franchise brand, how can new agents differentiate themselves without annoying the owner? So this has come from Jaden's um, story, and he's a great follower of uh, our podcast. He loves everything we do, John, and he's always on Twitter. 
Um, well, and um, he's, he's, he's put this question. So this is an interesting one because what we say about real estate is brand is what people say about you when you're not there. How do you create a brand when you're in a brand without having the <coughs> franchisor and your manager coming down on you? I, look, I think it's, really, it's a great question. It's really easy. Um, I think where Jaden's coming from is if I work for a franchise brand, it's kind of things are set, there's a system, there's a way of doing things. I don't want to move outside, swim outside the flags because I respect my principle and, and the brand. Um, every, there, there are two brands in every transaction. There's the company and the individual. The customers actually know the individual brand far more or care far more about the individual. Being a part of a franchise or an independent, you want to be a part of a company that gives the marketplace and yourself um, trust and confidence that the job, they have the facilities and the services and the tools. After that, they're just focused on your brand. TomPanos.com is, is you know, your brand, or Tom Panos Incorporated. So I'd say to Jaden, you know, as I've said many times, it's all about the quality of your interaction, how you make them feel, the quality of your advice, and it wouldn't really matter which brand Jaden's working for, franchise or independent, when he turns up, he's a brand, the way that he experiences or they experience him is what it's all about. So um, I think it's a good question, but I think it's actually a non-question in a lot of ways because your brand is the brand. You just happen to work for one of these other 100 companies that Australia has, 100 great companies, um, but it's how are you when you're with me. Otherwise, every com one company would have 100%. If there was one company that was so dominant, but we know that all we can do is give our people great coaching, great tools, great support, great facilities, great environment, and then it's up to them. Yeah. I would look, I would say to Jaden um, that theory, which is it's not you, who you know, it's who knows you. So, brand is what a heap of people out there in the marketplace are saying about you. It's what people are saying over the back of their fences. It's what people are saying when they're picking up their kids from um, school. It's what people are saying at soccer practice. Um, it's what the connectors in the marketplace are saying, like what are the lawyers, what are the accountants, what the bankers yep. are saying in the marketplace. Yep. That is what brand is. <coughs> yeah. No, I think it's, it's a really good question, but let's just focus on your personal brand. and That's probably another podcast because we could talk about that for an hour in itself. Uh, All righty. John, I want you to have a great week. I want Troy Malcolm to have a great week. And I want all our people that haven't booked in for Arec to jump on Virgin, Jetstar, Qantas. Did you know three airlines actually go to the Gold Coast Airport? Well, you Qantas know? is going there again now, Qantas, aren't they? There's Qantas, Jetstar, Virgin. I always thought to myself, oh, this is just a Jetstar, Virgin territory. Qantas go there. I think it used to be. I think Qantas stopped for a while. No, is that Qantas, right, Troy? Troy's Qantas, nodding. Qantas, Qantas are back. They're back. Qantas are back. <clears throat> they stopped a couple of flights. Yeah, stop cover flight. Oh, it's good. Look, as we've said before, and we'll talk about Eric a few times between now and then, but uh, it is a great time for people to go up and sharpen the saw and network. And we talk about mentoring and coaching. You won't get mentoring and coaching from your peers up there, but you'll meet a hell of a lot of great people that can give you a couple of tips and you can open up a dialogue for the future. Yeah. I mean, you know, people like James Tostevin, I mean, he's such a guru in the Australian real Phil Harris. Well, James I mean, Tostevin, big shout out to him. James <coughs> Tostevin, last week, did 30 years of real estate. Mm, mm. Um, I, um, I got a text and spoke to him 30 years, and it's going to take me about two minutes to pull out my phone and read out the text. But in summary, John, he said, I feel the same energy, passion that I have when I first got into it, and I'm so grateful I'm in this industry. And he's one of the legends of Australian real estate, and he will be forever. 
Um, so, yeah, people like He's James. never missed it. He, this guy's been never, every Arik. He's every never Aric. missed an Arik. But, John, I'll, let's, before I finish off here, there's, the, there's two American guys, the Advanced Selling Podcast, which in many ways was the people that you made reference to when yep. we started this it podcast. Was. I listened to their show the other week, and they have said, which I found really interesting, they, that someone put in a Q&A to them, who is the best sales trainer that they've ever spoke to? And they said, listen and read to Dr. Wayne Dyer. And I found that interesting because Dr. Wayne is more a spiritual person. But what Dr. Wayne's got is the ability to um, bring in what's your intention when you're working with people. So I think he's going to actually talk about things that is going to resonate with people, not necessarily... He's coming to Eric this year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I was funny enough, I was listening as I drove into the country yesterday, uh, two days ago on the weekend. He's got a tape called Excuses Be Gone. Yeah. Oh, that's and, gold, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's great. And I was just listening to that and I just thought, you know, this is, this, there's no excuse not to be at your best. So, yeah, Wayne, Wayne Dyer will be there. I've never seen him live and he made an impact on my life 35 years ago. So, yeah. so that'll be great. So we've covered a lot today. I think we had four or five yeah. questions. So, yeah. But we've got a few more. So maybe next week or the week after we'll do some more Q&A. Beautiful. So keep sending them in to Tom. Yeah. Um, through Facebook or Tom at TomPanos.com.au. Gang, we will see you next week. Gentlemen, have a great week. See you guys.